welcome to Tea and Tattle. I'm your host, Miranda Mills, a freelance writer living in London. And every week on the podcast, I hold candid conversations with a range of inspiring women, including best-selling authors, cookbook writers, artists, and many more. We chat about creativity, books, well-being, and everything in between, and my aim for these conversations is to inspire and uplift Tea and Tattle listeners. This week, I'm joined by the author and illustrator, Emma Block, to discuss Emma's fantastic new book, The Joy of Watercolour. Emma started getting work as a freelance illustrator when she was only 17 and she's gone on to develop a fantastic business and works full-time as a freelance illustrator in London. Emma regularly teaches sold-out watercolouring workshops in the city. I've been to a few of them and had such a fun time learning about the watercolouring process from Emma. Over the years, Emma has collaborated with many notable brands and fashion influencers who love her highly recognisable, soft and feminine illustration style. In August, Emma published her first book, The Joy of Watercolour, which shares tips and painting projects to help people get started with watercolouring or to take their illustration practice to the next level. It's a beautiful book and I've been having a lot of fun working through Emma's guides for beginners. In today's discussion, Emma tells me about the inspiration behind her book, what she's learnt from teaching watercolour classes to hundreds of people, how to find your own unique illustration style and how she's developed different strands to her work as a freelance illustrator over time. This is a brilliant listen for anyone who loves watercolouring or who are keen to give it a go for the first time and develop their own creativity. Let's get started with the show. Hi Emma, thank you so much for being on Tea and Tattle today. It's so great to have you. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your artwork and I've been able to attend quite a few of your workshops in London, which has been really wonderful. And I absolutely love your book, The Joy of Watercolour. So I really can't wait to chat to you about the book today. But to kick things off, would you just tell me a bit about how you first discovered your love for drawing and for watercolour? So um, like most people, I've been drawing since I was a child. I think everybody draws and paints. um, And then some people just never stop. They just carry on. So I've absolutely loved drawing, painting, creating since I was very little. And I'm lucky that my parents always nurtured that. I grew up in London, so I went to a lot of art exhibitions and I went to an after-school art club, which was run by a local artist when I was about seven. So I've had some kind of art training and just sort of encouragement from a very early age. So it's something I've always loved doing. And watercolors are great because they're so accessible. So, you know, you can give watercolors to kids and they're not going to make too much of a mess. So I have been using watercolors since I was a child which is why I think they feel very natural and very intuitive to me because I've been using them for such a long time. 
And tell me a bit about how you developed your career as an illustrator. So you started drawing when you were very young, but how did you end up becoming a freelance illustrator? So I've always wanted a career um, in the arts. I've always known that was what I wanted to do. Um, after doing my GCSEs at 16, instead of doing A-levels, I did a national diploma in art and design. Um, so that was great. That was an amazing two years of just doing lots of different art from ceramics to textiles to animation to photography. And there was an illustration uh, module on that course, which I absolutely loved. And at that time, I started a blog when I was 16 and I started putting my artwork on there. And that was amazing because I got all this encouragement from people all over the world. And it really encouraged me to keep drawing and keep putting it on the Internet. And when I was about 17, um, I got approached by a couple of companies to do work for greetings cards. So I did some greetings cards and business card designs for Moo. Um, who do business cards and they just started at the same time and Woodmanstern who are a British card company also contacted me about licensing some designs for Christmas cards so that was incredibly um, exciting because I was only 17 at the time I think my dad might have had to co-sign the license contract because I wasn't 18 yet so yeah that's kind of when my career started and I had an Etsy shop and I definitely wasn't a full-time professional illustrator, but I was doing little professional jobs here and there throughout my time at college and at university. Um, and I'm really glad that I got into it that way very gradually and kind of learning all the time. I can't believe that you started off so young. That's really amazing. But I've known your work for a very long time. I think I first discovered it through the Wish, Wish, Wish blog, because at one point, the blogger Carrie had a header for her blog that was illustrated by you. And I remember thinking how beautiful it was. And that was how I discovered your work. But you've now gone into working quite a lot within fashion, like for fashion companies and also for bloggers and things like that. What has that been like? It's really exciting working with um, fashion brands and I do that in a lot of different ways. Um, it can be creating artwork for a campaign or doing in-store events, so everything from live illustration, um, personalizing items in store or running bespoke workshops, which I'm doing quite a lot of at the moment. I've kind of scaled back on live illustration. Um, what that is, is basically painting someone's portrait in about 10 minutes as they stand in front of you, um, which I did a lot of and it's great fun. But as you can imagine, it's incredibly um, exhausting and I'm having some issues with my wrist at the moment. So that is on hold for now. But um, I love working with brands and being able to create a unique workshop for them that fits in with um, what they're doing and teaching influencers and bloggers is really fun. I did one last year with Oasis who were launching a collection inspired by London Zoo. So they had these animal prints and I did a watercolor workshop teaching a press to paint animals in London Zoo, which was so cool because um, it was in the zoo after hours. They were running a bit late, so I got to help the keepers feed a couple of pygmy hippos. <laughs> so that was definitely a unique workshop experience. So it's really nice to be able to do 
unusual things like that with brands. Yes, that just sounds so fun. I think the work that you do is amazing. And I've been to quite a few of your London workshops, a sort of beginner's watercolour one and one on brush lettering, which I absolutely loved. Would you tell me a bit about the workshops? How did you get into doing them? And what's your favourite thing about teaching? So I've been doing workshops for a couple of years and it started with brush lettering. Um, Calligraphy workshops have been a big trend in London for years and um, a venue that hosted calligraphy workshops was looking for someone to teach brush lettering workshops and I sort of said, oh, I can do that with no teaching experience at all, but I kind of knew how to brush letter. So I started teaching and I really loved it and eventually, after a couple of years, made the move to teach my own workshops. Um, So I wasn't doing them under the company's, um, under the umbrella of another company. I was just doing them on my own, which was nice to be able to experiment and introduce new workshops. So I started teaching watercolor, um, watercolor brush lettering. And um, this year I've introduced gouache, which um, is really fun. And gouache is a bit like an opaque watercolor. And um, it's a really great medium. Lots of people are using it at the moment, but there's not a lot of um, resources on it. So there wasn't really anybody else teaching it as a workshop. So that's been really great. I really love teaching. Um, I work from home, which I love. Like I'm not one of these people that feels isolated or lonely working at home. I really like it. And I like the balance of having time just at home working, but then also being out and about doing stuff, teaching, being at events, that kind of thing. So I love being able to um, meet people and it's a bit of a cliche, but you do really learn a lot when you teach. And with writing my book, it helped enormously that I had years of teaching experience because watercolors and color mixing, color theory, it all comes very naturally to me because I've been doing it day in, day out for 20 years. But um, it really helped write the book to know what people struggle with or what needed a bit of extra um, explanation because it doesn't come naturally to everybody. So I learned a lot and I love seeing how making something by hand, doing some painting, people really relax and they really get into it. And it's so nice when people start off going, oh, I can't draw, I'm going to be rubbish. And by the end, they've done something they're really proud of and kind of surprised by how much they enjoy it. So that's really lovely. And the most amazing thing with workshops is how far people travel to come to my workshops. It's um, it's incredible. I have people regularly who come from Europe. So I've had people from Germany, from um, France, from Switzerland. Um, at a recent workshop, one lady came from came to London for the weekend from Hong Kong just to come to my workshop, which was absolutely amazing. It's incredible and. Yeah, it's very it's very strange that anyone would travel that far to come to one of my workshops, but it is um, absolutely lovely. Oh, I'm not surprised though. I mean, I love your workshops, but I think that's amazing that someone came from Hong Kong. I mean, that's really wonderful. And it shows the power of social media, I guess, too, and that so many people from all around the world can connect with you and with your work, which is so wonderful. But yes, I mean, I've had that experience when I've come to one of your workshops and I've been really nervous, really unsure of myself. I mean, I'm not a good drawer at all. 
But at the end, I've created something like a really pretty floral wreath or something like that, which is one of the projects you have in your book, actually, which I think is fantastic. So I really love that illustration. And I've felt so proud of mine at the end, which is really wonderful. Do you think that watercolor then is a really good way for a beginner to start um, getting interested in art and experimenting with drawing and painting a bit themselves? Definitely. I think watercolour is a great uh, medium to use if you haven't painted since you're at school, don't know what you're doing. It's really accessible. It's not too expensive if you're going for kind of good quality, middle of the range equipment. Um, And it doesn't take a lot of fancy materials. It's not like oil paints where you need terps and things take days to dry. You know, it's very accessible. You can work in quite a small scale. And with my book, um, it's quite um, quite modern and quite fresh, and I do things in quite a no-fuss, simple way. So sort of creating beautiful pictures, but in a way that anyone can give it a go, making it as simple as possible. So I don't do a lot of stuff with um, stretching paper and that kind of thing that, I mean, I can't be bothered stretching paper. I was taught how to do it when I was doing my GCSEs, and it was just like, yeah, I'm never doing that. <laughs> Because it involves taking a bit of paper and wetting it and attaching it to a wooden board with gum strips. You wet the whole thing and then you let it dry. And then when it's completely dry, then you can paint on it. But obviously, you've had this piece of paper drying for a day. And then if you paint on it and you mess it up, you've got to start again and get another bit of paper and wet it. And so um, I like working in a way that's a bit more spontaneous and having lots of different paintings on the go. Yeah, and I love how in your book you have a really wide range of projects for people. And they range from beginner level to intermediate to advanced, which I think is really great. Would you tell me a bit more about the thinking behind your book? Who were you really writing it for? Who did you have in mind? So I really aimed the book at quite a broad audience, um, both people who are complete beginners and haven't picked up a paintbrush since they were at school, and also people who have some painting experience, maybe they um, are a professional creative graphic designer, calligrapher, that kind of thing that want to improve their watercolor skills or pick up some new techniques or get back into it. Um, So it's quite a broad audience, but... um, That's the kind of audience that I get at my workshops. It's a real mixture of total first timers that um, are completely new to it. And then people who are kind of getting back into it or looking to brush up their skills. And because the book is organized into beginner, intermediate and advanced projects, there is something for everybody. So if you're a total beginner, it go it starts right from the beginning talking about materials color mixing and some really simple exercises that are going to gradually build up your skills but if you've been painting for a while there's a lot more um, advanced projects that are going to challenge you and teach you some new techniques and use some um, interesting techniques like masking fluid so i think there's a lot for different skill levels and in terms of the audience my audience on instagram is 93% female it's very much a female audience and mostly I guess women like me in between the 25 to 45 um, and it's people who want to do something creative who want to learn a new skill and that doesn't necessarily have to be 
part of their business or part of their jobs. They just want to do something creative. Well, I definitely find the joy of watercolour creatively inspiring. And I really like the way you've included so many different types of watercolour guides, from how to paint floral arrangements to people and buildings. How did you choose which watercolour projects to include in the book? Thank you. Um, So I wanted a really wide range of subjects. I wanted to cover a lot of stuff. Um, Traditional watercolour books tend to be really focused on landscapes for some reason, I suppose, because there's a history of watercolour painting and landscapes and um, bowls of fruit, like still life. And that tends to be about it. So I wanted to cover much more than that. I wanted to do a little bit of everything. So in the book, there are sections and there are People, places, objects, animals, plants, food, flowers. Um, And it's kind of a mixture coming up with the project. Some of them I had done paintings previously and I thought, oh, well, that's a nice painting. I think I can make that into a project. Some of them, it was a case of, I think that's the kind of thing people would like to learn how to paint. Like I was like, I know people are going to want to learn how to paint people, Um, landscapes, that kind of thing. Um, I did talk to my editors about it and I talked to friends as well who'd been to uh, my workshops and who I kind of saw as the target audience for the book, people who aren't professional artists but have an interest in learning creative skills. And I was like, what do you want to learn to paint? What do you think? Um, And the other thing is I took inspiration from Pinterest and Instagram. So what are the kind of images that people are drawn towards? So the book is quite colourful and it's quite fun and it covers a lot of different subjects. Yeah, well, I really like how you also talk a bit about the next steps after you've created your watercolour illustration. For instance, you give people tips on how to get it printed, how to edit it on the computer and things like that, which I think is so helpful. But I really love the attitude that you have as well, that watercolouring should be something that you ultimately just do for fun and for real creative expression do you think that being creative in this way in doing something like watercoloring do you think that does make people happier or be more creative I think so definitely I mean with my workshops I do see even in a short amount of time um, how much people relax and how They feel much more creatively confident at the end of a workshop. Um, And I know for myself that, um, I mean, I love painting. And even though it's my job, I still find it very relaxing. And one of the surprising things about being a full-time freelance illustrator is how little time you actually spend painting and drawing. I spend so much time doing emails and admin and promotion and um, in meetings and teaching and packing orders and that's all part of the job and if I have a week where I'm just doing all of that stuff and I'm not really doing any painting or drawing it does really get to me and I feel quite down so I make sure as well as doing painting for my job that I also um, do work in my sketchbook and I tend to I guess I paint for work in the week and then weekends I paint for fun. So I'm making sure I'm kind of topping up my painting time every week by painting for fun. 
Um, and the thing I really loved about writing this book was because I had about three and a half months to write the book, I didn't really do much other work during that time. I just did the book. So it was really nice just to have one big creative project that I could kind of sink my teeth into and just be writing and drawing every day for months. And yeah, I think for me, that definitely had a really positive effect to be doing that amount of painting. It was really lovely. Oh, well, that's so lovely to hear. But one thing I've always admired, Emma, about your own watercoloring, your own art, is how distinctive it is. I feel that I can always recognize your artwork when I see it amongst other projects. And even if I'm not expecting to see something illustrated by you, I can really tell um, that it's you who's done the illustration. What would your tips be for someone who wants to develop their own distinctive style in that way and have their illustration work really stand out from the crowd? So I think everyone definitely has their own style and it's a bit like everyone has their own handwriting and I get asked a lot about finding your style And I think the best thing to do is firstly, create lots of work. So the more work you do, the more you'll start to see your style coming out. Even if they're different subjects, you start to see something that um, kind of groups them all together. The other thing is to have a really broad range of inspiration. So the mistake that a lot of people make is looking too closely at just a couple of illustrators. And then it's inevitable that your work starts to look a bit like theirs. Um, which is a really common mistake. Um, You know, lots of students make that. I've done that in the past. Um, It's sort of unintentional. But if you look at a really broad range of illustration, then you're taking influence from lots of different things. Um, So don't just look at other illustrators. Look at um, fine art. I love old films, vintage fashion, travel. It can be anything, anything that inspires you. And the broader and the more unusual the source of your inspiration, the better. And the more unique it's going to make your work. But yeah, finding a style, it's you can't just pick a style out of a catalogue and say, okay, that's my style now. Because if you do that, it's probably you're just doing work that looks like someone else's or you're jumping on a bandwagon because there's a certain style that's trendy at the moment. But it's got more longevity if the style is really, it feels you. It's sort of coming from your inspiration and what you love drawing and the work you're creating really says something about you and that's so much better than just trying to do something you think is on trend or you think art editors want so yeah that's my advice don't worry too much about finding your style the other thing is your work should be evolving all the time getting better hopefully I'm always worrying that my work's actually getting worse um but yeah my style has definitely changed since I graduated and that's natural as you try new materials you take in new inspiration you just get better at drawing um so your style is a constant evolution well I definitely don't think you need to worry about getting worse (laughs) I think your illustrations always look absolutely stunning um but yes I think that's so true in sort of whatever project you're working on you always have to think that it's important that you evolve all the time with your work you draw a really wide range of things I mean I know like you've said they often are quite feminine in focus because that's your audience that's the type of brands you often work for but even within that you draw a great range of stuff is there something in particular that you really love to draw 
Yeah, I guess the kind of stuff that you find in my sketchbook that ends up on my Instagram is the kind of stuff I love drawing. So colorful, colorful buildings, um, girls wearing vintage dresses, walking dogs, that kind of thing. Um, that's the sort of yeah, the things that inspire me, travel really inspires me. So I always seem to go somewhere that is quite colourful and I'm always drawn to colourful houses with lots of flowers and balconies and laundry hanging out. And so that's kind of my favourite thing to paint at the moment. And besides your book, you have quite a few products that you sell online. I really love the cards and the little posters that you do. How did you get into producing your own line of products in that way? I've had my online shop, which is on Etsy, um, for years. I've been doing prints for a while and then I've gradually started adding a few products. I do postcards and notebooks and greetings cards. Um, and I don't do a huge range because I don't want to spend all my time packing or have to carry huge amounts of stock. But yeah, I've got a few different products. Um, it's just something that I've sort of added new products gradually. It's quite nice to have an excuse to do the paintings that you want to do. So rather than waiting for a job to come along where I get to paint lots of colorful buildings, I'll just decide I'm going to do a postcard set, which is colourful buildings. So I'm going to do some paintings of colourful buildings. I'm going to get postcards printed, put them on my shop, put them on my um, on my Instagram, and then people start buying them. So it, that's the nice thing about having an online shop. If you know somewhere where you can get things printed quite easily, um, it's quite quick and easy to turn your ideas into physical products. I mean, I keep it quite simple with postcards, notebooks, greetings cards. Um, I haven't got into proper products. Lots of people do things like enamel pins or tote bags and mugs, that kind of thing. Um, I'm a bit wary of committing too much to doing products, but um, it's really nice to be able to do a little range of postcards or greetings cards. Yeah, when I can see that they must be really popular because they are really charming. Is it ever difficult, sort of creatively speaking, to have to work to a particular brief that when you are given a job by a company or something that you have to fulfill? Is that ever a challenge or do you still find some way to inject your own flair of creativity into it? Um, definitely. I think if a client... Um, has hired me for a job. They've probably hired me because they like my style, they like my work. So um, they probably want me to do what I normally do. Occasionally, I have um, a brief that is a little bit more challenging that pushes me out of my comfort zone. But I think the key is always finding some way of putting yourself into it. So for me, that could be the use of color, texture, pattern, that kind of thing. Even if I'm being asked to draw something that's quite mundane and quite boring, bringing in some interesting color and texture um, can make it feel more me. But if I was asked to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone to the point where it wouldn't even look like my work or it's really out of my skill set, I'd probably just say no. Um, if you know, someone asked me to do some very technical drawings of cars, I would just say, no, I really can't draw cars or vehicles. I can just about draw a bike. So yeah, I'm lucky that most clients that get in touch, they know what I do and they like what I do. So they're kind of giving me projects that play to my strengths, which is really nice. 
Yeah, that's really lovely when you can really work with your dream clients and brands as well. And you know that they're just a really great fit for you. Um, But so finally, Emma, what's next for you? Are there any upcoming events or projects or workshops coming up that you're able to share with us today? So I'm teaching workshops fairly regularly. Um, I've got some in October, both uh, watercolor and gouache. And those are normally taught on weekends. I do a couple a month. I'm working on some nice projects at the moment. I'm, I really loved writing The Joy of Watercolor. So I'm hoping um, to work on another book. I'm kind of working on the pitch at the moment, um, which is exciting. And I've got another project at the moment, which I'm not writing it, but I'm illustrating a book. Um, And that's a really lovely project that's going to kind of keep me busy over the winter. So, yeah, I've got lots of nice things coming up. Um, My main priority at the moment is moving house because I've got about two weeks to get everything packed up and move. So that's the kind of immediate concern But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, getting settled in my new studio and starting some exciting projects. Oh, that all sounds so exciting. And yeah, I really hope that you do another book because I think your first one has been wonderful and the book that you're illustrating, I'm sure will be gorgeous as well. So I can't wait to hear more about those projects when you're able to share more. But if Tea and Tattle listeners would like to keep up with your news and projects that are coming up for you, where can they find you online? I'm mostly on Instagram and I'm Emma Block Illustration on Instagram and I post lots of paintings and I'm on Instagram stories way too much. I do have Twitter, which I don't use as much, but I'm just Emma Block on Twitter and my website is www.emmablock.co.uk. And I've put links to Emma's social media channels in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at teantattlepodcast.com forward slash home forward slash 87 along with a link to Emma's book and a bit more information as well as some photos thanks so much to Emma for coming on tea and tattle and for being such a fantastic guest if you've enjoyed this episode I'd love it if you shared it with a friend who you think would like it too You can also leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you'd like to receive a handwritten thank you card from me, then simply email me a copy of your review along with your mailing address and I'll pop a card in the post. You can email me at teantattlepodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at both Miranda's Notebook and Miranda's Bookcase. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to tune in again this Friday for my regular mini Tea Reads episode where I discuss a favourite 10-minute read. The next full-length episode is next Tuesday when I'm in conversation with the happiness consultant, Samantha Clark, about how to develop a work culture that fosters happiness as well as productivity. Until then, keep well, be joyful and stay in touch. Thank you.